Hello, Royals, and welcome back to This Day in History. I'm your host, Therese Shimkus. Before I get into today's episode, I want to thank my co-host for generously filling in for me last Thursday when I wasn't feeling well. As you could probably tell from my voice, I am still not quite 100%, but I'm very happy to be back. With that, let's get into today's episode. On this day in 1984, the Supreme Court ruled in Sony Corporations of America versus Universal City Studios, Inc. that making individual recordings of television shows was not copyright infringement, but was in fact fair use. The court also ruled that the companies that manufactured the home video recording devices would not be liable for contributory infringement, which is a secondary form of copyright infringement. To back it up a bit, and to put this decision in its proper context, in the 1970s, Sony began manufacturing a home video recording device known as Betamax. Eyeing this development with concern were several entertainment companies who feared that Betamax would be a part of infringements of their copyrighted products. These concerned parties included Universal Studios and the Walt Disney Company. At that time, the U.S. Congress was finishing substantial revisions to copyright law, and since these companies knew they were unlikely to get any legislative solution to their problem due to these already increasing protections for the film industry, they decided to simply sue Sony instead. So in 1976, Universal, with the other concerned companies, sued Sony and the distributors of its product in the U.S. District Court for the Central District of California. The companies alleged that since Betamax could be used to infringe upon their copyrighted products, Sony was liable for any infringement committed by its customers. Two years later, however, the district court ruled in favor of Sony, saying that since the Betamax recordings were intended for non-commercial use, it was fair use. The court also stated in the ruling that Betamax served a First Amendment interest of access to free public information. The story sounds like it might end here, but there's actually more. The Ninth Circuit Court reversed this related part and ruled that Sony could be held liable for contributory, again meaning secondary, infringement. The case then went before the Supreme Court, where it was argued in 1983, but was ultimately decided in 1984 in a 5-4 decision. In the majority opinion, it was noted that Betamax was often used for the purposes of time shifting, or recording a program to watch at a later time, which merely enabled the viewer to access that which he had already been offered to watch free of charge at the time of his choosing. Because of this, the court ruled that its use indeed constituted a fair use, especially because of its non-commercial nature. The dissenting opinion, however, stated that it was prohibited to make any copy of a copyrighted product. Following this loss of the Supreme Court, the entertainment companies ended up turning to Congress to pass legislation that would shield them from the effects of Betamax and other similar products. However, since the original lawsuit had been filed eight years prior, and home recording products such as Betamax had become so prevalent during the intervening time, Congress was not prepared to take action in favor of the entertainment companies. In a surprising turn of events, however, the sale of these home recording products actually ended up helping the entertainment companies, as the playback ability offered by these products allowed the film studios to start releasing videotapes for home consumption, which increased their revenue. So ultimately, everyone ended up winning, which is certainly not the most common thing to see when you are studying history. And on that cheerful note, that will do it for today's episode. Thank you as always for listening, Royals, and have a great day.